Perhaps. I don't know. Um, y'all are in luck, though. Y'all are, y'all are going to be blessed tonight because for the second time in a row, I don't really have a sermon. I've got, I've got, uh, I've got some scriptures written down that I'd like to go over, and then I've got something I want to read to you uh, at the end once we get through discussing. But it's funny. I told Sarah that um, the Lord works in mysterious ways, and sometimes it's not so mysterious. And I find myself in in discussions a lot with other people these days. Sometimes. Um, verbally, face to face, sometimes over social media, sometimes just text messaging back and forth. It's funny that people that don't come to church or people that um, uh, aren't in a church, I should say, or you wouldn't suspect are, are believers, or maybe they are believers and they're just living a worldly life. It's funny how many people will contact you when they have uh, spiritual issues or um, if something's not going right in their life they'll they'll contact you but they want to contact you behind the scenes and so that not everybody will 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 know what's going on and i had something like that this week happen but it happened uh on social media and so everybody and their brother uh could see what was happening i was like actually kind of shocked that people would would want to i guess debate the word of god which i was not in the mood to debate so i didn't i just pressed uh, presented the Word of God and moved about my business, but it got me prepared, and that's when I was getting to that God works in mysterious ways. He prepared this message for me without me ever having to type anything, just because my face was in the Bible trying to explain things just from a biblical perspective and not a richy perspective, saying this is the Word of God, this is what the Word of God says, and I don't know how anybody can get anything other than what I'm going to present tonight out of it. Um, but if you were wondering, tonight's message is on drinking and the church. Uh, last week, or Sunday, I gave a Sunday school lesson, and we were talking about um, the, the, the responsibilities of a, of a bishop and, and um, also that of, uh, of deacons. And we see the clearly in there that um, not supposed to drink, not given to wine, um, and it says too much wine for uh, a deacon. Nevertheless, we're going to go over these things a little bit tonight. I'm going to read one um, Proverbs 21 to you. 20, Proverbs 20, verse 1. It says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. That's pretty straightforward, if you ask me. And I'm just going to say this before I get started. And again, I don't have a sermon written, but I'm going to share a couple things with you. Nothing in my life ever ended well when I, al- I had alcohol involved in it. Nothing. Uh, you know, Paul, Paul says something in, in the Bible where he talks about, I knew a man. Well, let me tell you something. I knew a man once, uh, 20 years ago, who made some very vital errors in his life because of alcohol. That not just affected his life negatively, but affected those around him negatively and children negatively by virtue of the mistakes that this individual made. It's not good. Alcohol is evil. It is not good. Not good at all. I want you to, if you will, turn to Genesis 9, because I'm just going to give you a little, we're going to read over a little story that we probably know very well. Uh, Genesis 9, verses 20 through 29. 
And this is just one instance about fermented drink from the Bible. Genesis 9, is that page ripped out? Okay, Genesis, Genesis anything with alcohol, we'll just take that right. Genesis 9, verses 20 through 29, I'll read it for us and then we will uh, discuss. I don't think there's much to discuss, but uh, it says, And Noah began to be a husbandman, and he planted a vineyard, and he drank of the, of the wine and was drunken. And he was uncovered within his tent, and Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without, and Sham and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backward and covered their nakedness of their father, and their faces were backward, and they saw not their father nakedness. And Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. And he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall, uh, shall he be unto his brethren. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Sham, and of Canaan shall be his servant. God shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. And Noah lived after the flood 350 years, all the days of Noah's were 950 years, and he died. The key here is 21. And he drank wine and was drunken, and he was uncovered within his tent. Now everybody, every other time that I've looked at this, these scriptures, uh, this story, I've always analyzed Ham. And I've always pointed the finger at how bad Ham was. And Ham shouldn't have done this. And, and evil is he, that's why he is cursed. But there's another person in the story that could have stopped this before it ever happened. And it's Noah. Because he drank and became drunken. And he was passed out. If he hadn't have done that, and we like to call this cause and effect. You know, there's, a, there's an effect, there's a cause and effect of everything that, that happens in life. And if Noah had not done what he had done, not excusing Ham, but Ham wouldn't have been in a position to have done that. Because, first of all, Noah would have been on his toes. He would have been fully dressed, he would have, wouldn't have been drunk, and he wouldn't have been passed out, and he would have had his faculties about him. And I'm going to tell you right now, a uh, fermented drink takes your faculties away from you. I've never known anybody, and we're going to get to that here in a second. I've never known anybody who drank alcohol just because they liked the taste of it. Oh, it tastes so good. No, it really doesn't. I'm going to tell you, when, when I was a young man, um, I couldn't wait. I could not wait to be 21 so that I could walk in and buy alcohol without being carded and go home and, and drink. I could not wait. And I'm going to tell you what upset me was I went in to, to, to get some. And I was in the Marine Corps, by the way. I'd already been overseas, deployed, already been through a war, turned 21. And I walked into the, the convenience store. It was closest to my house by base. And I went in and got me a 12-pack. And I set it up there on the, it was my birthday. I set it up there on the counter. And they just rang it up. I said, what? And they're like, yes, whatever, how much it was. I'm like, no, you're going to card me. You're going to card me today. I'm 21. I was upset. I'm like, man, I could have done this the whole time. That's evil thought. <laughs> evil way of thinking. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people with that mindset. A lot of that mindset. And I'm going to tell you right now, a beer tastes terrible. It's horrible. It's, it's horrible. And I know a lot of people, I got to love a beer, cold, cold beer. Well, after I mowed the grass, and look, it's awful. It is awful. 
Yeah, it will dehydrate you and make you sick. Um, I knew a man. I'm, a, I'm just going to tell you a couple things. I knew a man probably 19, 1989-ish, 1990-ish, that had his stomach pumped because he was puking blood in, in, um, in um, Camp Pendleton, California, on a layover waiting to go overseas. This young man nearly died because this young man wanted to outdrink everybody that was around him. Illegally, by the way. It almost cost him his young career because this person had was set out on a mission. And unfortunately, especially with young people, that's what happens. Oh, well, I've got to be the best at it, right? You've got to, you've got to set out and, and make a name for yourself. You can't, can't just be a sippy cup kind of guy. You've got to drink full force. And that's what alcohol does to you. It makes you makes a bad decision worse because now you don't have your faculties about you. Any kind of good decision making you would have had prior is out the window because now alcohol is taking its effect on your brain. And that's what it does. Yeah, it, it's what you think. Alcohol is not good. If you will turn to Proverbs 29, we're just going to go over a few verses and then I'm going to share some inf more information with you. Proverbs 29, or excuse me, 23. I'm trying. I told you I don't, I don't have a sermon. I just got little handwritten notes, and I can't read my own handwriting. That's what I was trying to do a minute ago. I'm like, what did I write? Um, maybe I'm getting like Brother Howard. Maybe I should always type everything. It's, uh, 23, and we're going to read. Uh, oh, okay, I got it highlighted. Good. 29 through 32. It says, who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Now listen, who hath redness of eyes? Now we're getting to something, aren't we? They that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine, look now not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it is giveth its color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the, at the last it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. Y'all know what an adder is? Yeah, there we go, yes. These are descriptions of what alcohol does to you. The Bible is given, this is a book of wisdom. Now, if you will, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. I like Proverbs because Proverbs is a book of wisdom. You're supposed to gain wisdom from it, right? It's supposed to. Let's look at Ephesians, see what Paul has to say in Ephesians. As soon as I get to it, we'll be good. Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to look at verses 17 through 21. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21. Are you following me, Daniel? Okay, good. 17 through 21 says this, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So now we're preparing you for what's fixing to come. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And then immediately following that, it says this, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but what? Be filled with the Spirit. Now, I shared this with somebody once, and somebody thought it was funny. He says, I'm always filled with the spirits. No, that's not what it's saying, and you're mocking. And, and it will come back to bite you like an adder. And continue, speaking to yourselves in psalms 
and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Underscore verse 18. Underscore it, mark it, highlight it, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. That's what we should be filled with, not the spirits with the little s, where we are filled with in excess with drunkenness, because drunkenness will lead to stuff like the story of Noah. It will lead to the, the stuff like the, the story that I told you to this young Marine who nearly ended his life and his career at best because he tried to be stupid. It's not good. Alcohol is not good. Wherein is excess. Now, there's the rub, isn't it? Wherein is excess. Well, you know, one beer is not going to hurt me, Richie. Or what, you know, one drink isn't going to hurt me. Not at all. I'm a man. That's right. That's right. I'm a man. I can handle a drink, and I just have one drink, and then I go home. Yeah, right. Right, you do. This is absolutely what I'm fixing to share with you. This is absolutely factual information. You can look it up on your own. Ten ounces of wine, ten ounces of wine for a 200-pound man makes him legally intoxicated by law enforcement officers in 50 states. Ten ounces. That's not very much at all. Ten ounces of wine. Now, if you take alcohol, 100-proof alcohol, which is 50% by volume, and uh, like, like uh, liquor, say... Jack Daniels or Jim Bean, and you make a couple mixed drinks, and then you go get behind that wheel of a car and you drive down the road, and you may think that you got all your faculties in the world, and you swirl off the road because you were looking for a, a song on the radio. You weren't even drunk. You just were looking for a song on the radio, and your car just went off the side of the road, and the cop, the blue lights come on behind you, and you get that sinking feeling in you, like, oh, I just left the bar. I know I'm not drunk, but I just left the bar. Why do you have that sinking feeling? Because you know you're fixing to have to do something you don't want to do. You're fixing to have to either blow into a tube or walk these little funny tests and follow your finger and do all this stuff. And you're already nervous now because the blue lights are behind you. But you know that the outcome may not be what you hope for. Why? Because you know that you may not think you're drunk, but legally, by the standards of law enforcement, 200-pound man, 180-pound to 200-pound man. Doesn't take very much. You know, I was looking at something earlier today online before I came up here, and it said, uh, now beer is a little bit different, especially I think Florida is a 3-2 state, or I don't know what it is. Anyway, it's, it's, it's a weak alcohol state, I think. Anyway, I know Oklahoma was a weak alcohol state. Don't care. But anyway, people would run to Texas to get, and that was illegal, by the way, so that's another ignorant thing that people would do, uh, break the law run down to Texas and get the hard beer and then bring it back and have a party. And it was like running shine in Oklahoma. They would bust you all the time doing stuff like that. But my whole point is it makes you make dumb, dumb decisions after dumb decisions after dumb decisions. And, oh, by the way, with beers, they say five or six. Five or six beer for a 200-pound man drinking just a 12-ounce can of beer. Okay, so it's a little bit different than drinking wine or drinking hard liquor. Nevertheless, I'm going to ask you this question. and You don't have to answer. I don't want anybody to answer it out loud, especially the church. Answer in your head, though. And I want you to be honest. Two questions. Why do you drink? If you drink. 
And the second question is, uh, are you just going to have one? That's my question. And somebody might say, well, Richie, I, I think it's all right if I do it in my house. You know, I'm going to do it in my house. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not get behind the wheel. I'm not going to, nobody's going to see me. I'm just going to be at my house, and I'm going to drink a couple beers at my house watching the football game. Really? So your son or your daughter or your grandkids come walking through, and they see uh, daddy and mommy or grandpa and grandma sitting there having beer. What's going to jump in their head? Oh, well, they're doing it. It's monkey see, monkey do. We learn from our elders. You know, I was talking about last week at the football game when this little 12 or 13-year-old kid is using all this foul language. Where do you think he got it from? He got it from the house. Nobody's corrected him. So I'm fixing to share some information with you. It's going to be shocking to you. So these, what we do in the house is what you're presenting to your kids, and if you do it, don't tell them not to because they're going to do it because you're doing it. It must be okay. I remember my, my, my dad, my stepdad, telling me don't smoke. <laughs> smoke is bad for you. <laughs> I'm putting down the window in the back of the car. got my head hanging out, you know, like a chimney. And you know what? As soon as I got old enough to grab a cigarette, I grabbed one. That's right. Matter of fact, I smoked his brand. That way I never got in trouble because he wouldn't... You wouldn't find anything else in that ashtray. I'm going to tell you that right now. Nope. And I'm not giving you any ideas. Don't do that. That's, that's bad. But um, you monkey see, monkey do. Kids will follow the example of their parents and, and whoever else they supposedly respect that is raising your children. Now, I would just want to go over a couple things. Never mind just for a Christian, but this is near and dear to my heart. Let's go back to 1 Timothy, chapter 3. Near and dear to my heart. And the reason I'm bringing this up, and I hope people see this video. They won't, because they won't watch it. <clears throat> but I hope people do see the video later, especially who it's directed towards. But we're going to go back over a few verses. 1 Timothy, chapter 3, 1 through 7. These are the requirements of a bishop. And a bishop is a pastor, what we call a pastor today. It says, this is a true saying, if a man desireth the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Yes, he does. A bishop, then, must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospi hospitality, apt to teach. And then verse 3, oh my goodness, how do we skip over this? Not given to wine. Notice I want you to jump over to verse 8. It says, Likewise must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to, and then the word much wine is there, to much wine, not greedy or filthy lucre. Go back to verse 3. It says, For the pastor, for a bishop, says, not given to wine. Is there any other way to read that? There's no other way to read it. Not given to wine. Wine here representing alcohol, fermented drink that will alter your thought, your brain. And I'm going to say it right now, and I hope pe people are watching, and I've said it to them. I know many a pastor in this town that don't even hide the fact that they do it. 
And matter of fact, they'll be the first ones to tell you that's not what it means, Richard. That's not what it means. You're being a legalist and you're you're taking that too literal. Well, I'm gonna tell you, if you're not taking the Bible literal, then you shouldn't be preaching. If you like that wine, get from behind the pulpit. If you like to drink, quit preaching. And this is coming from somebody who would try to drink somebody under the table back in the day. I was the guy who had his stomach pumped and Camp Pendleton when I was 18 years old. I know what alcohol will do to you. I know the decisions that you will make and the decisions you won't make. And nobody drinks alcohol for the taste of it. You may think you drink it for the taste of it, but as soon as it, you taste it, you're going to want more. And if you're in a crowd, you're going to want more. And if somebody else is drinking with you, what's it going to hurt? Let's just keep doing it. It's just us. And next thing you know, that's right. That's right. The verse, 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7 tells us, verse 2 says, be sober. Verse 3 says, not given to wine. That's for a pastor. Shame on people that call themselves pastors that are ordained that ignore what the Bible says. And I, I say this all the time. We either practice what we preach and preach the entire Bible or we don't do any of it. Um, and that's just the way it is. You know, you can hate me if you want to, but that's the Word of God. And if you're changing the Word of God to suit you, then you get out, get out of it. Get out of it. That's right. It's a reasonable service. And that's for everybody. That's for everybody. Let's see what Jesus has to say. Let's see what Jesus has to say since somebody threw some Jesus at me this week. Let's go to Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. Now, I don't know everything. I don't, and Rose showed me that today. I, I don't know everything. But I know what the Lord tells me. And when He tells me something, I'm going to be steadfast in it, and I'm not going to waver from it, and I'm not going to budge off from it. I don't care if you're my friend from 50 years or, you know, I've just known you two seconds. I'm going to tell you the truth. And I don't care if, if you're my brother or my sister. I'm going to tell you the truth. Luke chapter 21. Let's pick it up in verse... I think I'm in the right place. 21. Let's uh, look at verse 33 um, through 36. Verses 30, 33 through 36. It says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words... It's Jesus speaking, okay? Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And then he goes on and says, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, and we're going to talk about that word, and drunkenness, and cares of this life, and so that they come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come, upon, uh, excuse me, come on all them that dwell on the face of the earth. Now let's go back to 34, and that's the one I really want to harp on. Do you know what that word means, surfeiting? I can't I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it, but you know what that word means? This is the biblical meaning of it. I went to uh, Strong's coordinates, and then I cross-referenced through some biblical uh, Bible study tools. And this is the, the definition. To feed with meat or drink as to oppress the stomach and derange the functions of the system. 
That's what that word means. So the intent, if you're surfeiting, is to derange the functions of your system. Could be. Yes. Glutton, whether, whether, what, yes. Carousing, whether you're eating, drinking, whatever the case, but it's done in excess for the intent of distorting your functions. That's right, your spirit mainly. Yes. Really? And what it was, gluttony, he said, he said, we usually think of gluttony being overeating. But he said, a glutton, in Bible days, said they would go up and eat, eat, eat. And purge? Come back down to this vomitorium and throw it out. Go back and eat, really? eat, 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 eat. <laughs> yeah. oh. And mm. come back and throw it out. That's well, there you go. Yeah, I don't know where he got that information. But it's probably truthful. Probably truthful. You know, every 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 um, I, well, I'll say every every Bible movie that I've watched in the past that had to do with uh, the 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 leaders, the Roman leaders in Jerusalem, they always showed them as these fat pigs that were like eating yeah. eating grapes and had people feeding them and stuff like that, like they were just gluttons themselves. But um, that's what it means. And and drunkenness. We know what drunkenness means. That's right. 34, take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with serving and drunkenness and the cares of this life, and so that the day will uh, uh, come upon you unawares. Now, let's see what Paul teaches us. Yeah, about, about drinking, alcohol, fermented drink. We go to Romans chapter 13. And he teaches a lot of stuff in here, and we're, we're going to hit on all of it, but I'm going to underscore one thing. 13... And we're going we're gonna to look at verses 12 uh, through 14, I believe. It says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. We know what day that is, right? Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but listen, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I said, told somebody this week, look, our example is Jesus Christ, and we're supposed to reflect uh, Jesus Christ's example to other people in our lives. And you know what the comeback was from a drunkard? Jesus turned water into wine, Richie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. Right. That's, that's right. That's vintage AD2 or something like that, you know. My goodness. Um, it's funny, and I told this person this, we will justify what it is that we desire to do. What are we supposed to desire to do? We're, we're supposed to desire to be pleasing, live a pleasing life unto our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What's he say here? He says, cast off the works of darkness, put on the armor of light, walk honestly as in the day, not rioting, not in drunkenness, 
not in chambering, not in wantonness, not in strife, not in envying, but put on the Lord Jesus. Do you think the Lord Jesus, I'm, I'm, serious, I'm asking this for everybody, people watching, people here, the people that I was talking to earlier this week, do you really believe the Lord Jesus Christ would walk into a bar and not leave until it was shut down and he had outdrank everybody under the table? No, he would not have. Well, he was a friend of sinners. Yes, he was a friend of sinners. Yes, he sat with publicans and sinners. Yes, he tried to get them to come to him. He did not sin. He presented himself to them so that they would receive forgiveness, receive him, and go and sin no more. But you keep twisting the word to fit and suit your lifestyle. Simple question, why do you drink? I know why I drank. And it wasn't for the taste of it. Not at all. No, I drank for one reason and one reason only. And it was to make my faculties where I couldn't function properly. And I know exactly why other people drink. Makes me feel good, Richie. Yeah, you know why it makes you feel good? Because it's shutting down your systems. I'm going to read a couple things to you and then we're going to get out of here. First thing is this, because alcohol is not a problem, Richie. Alcohol is not a problem. Okay, it's not a problem. I'm not even going to share that one, even though that's a big number. I'm going to share that with you. Alcohol-related deaths in 2018. An estimated 88,000 people, or excuse me, 88,000 to the fifth power people died from alcohol-related causes. And do that annually, by the way. That's approximately 62,000 men and 26,000 women to the fifth power. That makes alcohol the leading preventable cause of death in the United States. But it's no big deal. It's no big deal, Richie. Alcohol is not bad. In 2010, alcohol misuse cost the United States $249 billion. Three quarters of the total cost of alcohol misuse was related to binge drinking by underage drinkers. 2012, 3.3 million deaths were attributed to alcohol consumption. Consumption. In 2014, the World Health Organization contributed more than 200 diseases and injury-related health conditions, most notably liver cirrhosis, cancers, injuries, and in 2012, 5.1% of the burden of disease and injury worldwide was attributed, that was worldwide, attributed to alcohol consumption. Globally, alcohol misuse is the fifth leading risk factor for premature death and disability. Among people between the ages 15 and 49, it is the first. In the age group 20 to 39, approximately 25% of total deaths globally, a quarter of deaths globally, are alcohol-related. Family consequences, 10% of U.S. children, 10% of U.S. children live with a parent that has an alcohol, not just drinks, but has an alcohol problem. Let's talk about underage drinking real quick. And where do they learn it from? Prevalence of drinking, according to 2018, 29.8% 15-year-olds report that they at least have one drink. At least had one drink. Um, 7.1 million people ages 12 to 20, which is 18.8% of this entire age group, report drinking alcohol in the past month. 12 years old to 20. 
Uh, binge drinking. I'm going to skip that. Let's go to prevalence of heavy alcohol use in 2018. Approximately 861,000 people, about 2.3% of the global population of ages 12 to 20, reported heavy alcohol use in the past month. Heavy. Research indicates that the alcohol used during these teenage years could interfere with normal adolescent brain development and increase the risk of developing AUD, which is an uh, alcohol uh, disease. Underage drinking contributes to a range of acute consequences, including injuries, sexual assaults, that's big right now, right? And even deaths, including those from, from car crashes. I'm going to read all this to you. I'm going to, a few more things. It says 1,825 college students between the ages of 18 and 20, 24 die from alcohol-related unintentional injuries, including motor vehicle accidents. 696,000 students between the ages of 18 and 24 are assaulted by another student who had been drinking. 696,000. 97,000 students between the ages of 18 and 22 report experiencing alcohol-related sexual assault and rape because of alcohol. 20% of college students meet the criteria for having alcohol-related diseases. One in four college students report academic consequences. I'm not going to read all that to you. I'm going to read a couple stories that I've just, and I shared with you today, right? I already told you about the alcohol, how much it costs, how much it takes to make you drunk according to the law. I'm gonna read a little little paragraph from me from a lady named Samantha. She goes, When I was thirteen, friends would make fun of me if I didn't have a drink. So I just gave in because it was easier to join in the crowd. I was really unhappy and just drank to escape my life. I went out less and less and started losing friends. I don't know why a thirteen year old's going out. 13-year-old's going out less and less, she says, and she started losing friends. The more lonely she got, the more I drank, she says. I was, viol I was violent at 13 and out of control. I never knew what I was doing. I was ripping my family apart. She said, kicked out of my home at age 16, I was homeless and started begging for money to buy drinks and years of abuse. Doctors told, after years of, of abuse, doctors told me there was irreparable harm to my health. I was only 16, but my liver was badly damaged, and I was close to killing myself from everything I was drinking. Samantha, 16-year-old. This is Paul. says, by the time I was in my mid-20s, I was locked into drinking. A lot of my first concerns were about of drinking, and everything else came second. I started to realize that when I did not have a drink, I had a sense of panic and would start shaking. If I had to go without a drink, I would go through shakes and sweats. I couldn't go for more than a few hours without a drink. And last, I'm going to read you this. This is from Jamie. She said, this past year, I've gone to work drunk. I've blacked out in clubs and bars and can't remember getting home. Ashamedly, I slept with someone and could not even remember the person's name until we bumped into each other later. I have destroyed two relationships because I hurt them so much through my drinking, but I put drinking first. My family are so hurt that their daughter is killing herself for apparently no reason. These stories, I could have printed off a, a novel of these stories, people drinking. I'm telling you, people that say alcohol is not the problem, Richie, I can drink. I had a guy tell me one day that pastors can drink. Preachers can drink, Richie. No, they can't. No, they cannot. We just read it in the Bible. What... Uh, the requirements are for a bishop, and a bishop is a pastor. I had somebody tell me, well, I know priests drink every day. 
just because you know that they do it, don't make it right. I don't have a priest here on earth anyway. That's right. I'm not worried about what that earthly priest does because he don't belong to me and I don't belong to him. I worry about what the Word of God says. And I'm going to tell you, these, these gentlemen and a couple ladies that had this discussion with me this week, I gave them Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. They are without excuse. And that's my job. That's your job. That's our job. And you know what? Just like Roe came up to me today and said, Richie, Richie, I think, I think this, and she was doing it so sweet. She, I, I think, I think this is not that lady's name. I think she did it very, very polite, but she got her point across and she did, wouldn't let me stop until she got, look at this, look at this. How, and then she told me, that's not how I learned English. So, <laughs> but we need that. And I, I, I'm joking about it, but we need that. It don't matter if somebody's preaching behind the pulpit or not. If you see something that's not right, it's not right. I, we'll talk about it later. We don't want that on camera. Uh, anyway, um, it's, very, it's very important, and, and this is what got some people in my family upset this week, uh, because Jesus is a forgiver. He doesn't judge people, so you shouldn't be pointing out their flaws. You should be pointing out mine. And I don't mean that in a, in a hasty, judgmental, condemnation way. I mean that in a loving, brotherly, and sisterly, and Christ way. I'm, I don't judge anybody uh, with condemnation. I am no better than you. I put my pants on the same way that everybody else does, I think. But, uh, and I'm not anybody. I'll tell you this, I'm better off if you're not saved. I'm better off than you. But you don't have to be that way. You, could, you can be saved too. But we, if you are saved, then live by the word of God. And you're only going to know what the Word of God says if you get in there and read it yourself. I've got a lot of people telling me what the Word of God says that's never read it. And I'm going to tell you, you know, I pick at the, the debate last night because I saw two grown men yelling at each other like seventh graders. But I'm going to tell you, when somebody that I know has not read the Word of God because they're, they're making something up out of their head and they're telling me that it's in the Bible and I know it's not in the Bible, that gets me pretty fired up. But that's when you got to grab yourself, let, let the Spirit grab a hold of you. And then you come back with the Word of God. This is what the Word of God says. I don't know what you're th thinking. And that's what I said. And that's what we need to say. My, my message tonight is about drinking in the church because there are people in the church that think that it's okay. And I'm here to tell you, it's not. And, uh, you know, some people, well, I'll just have one drink. Well, okay. One drink turns to two and two turns to six and then six turns to 12. Because you can't buy a 12-pack and just let it sit in your refrigerator. It gets skunky after a while. So I know about all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's my problem with all the stuff that I'm seeing is people will tell me, well, I'm a Christian, but I believe this. Well, then you're not believing the, right, the way the Bible says. Show me in the Bible where it says that's okay. And you can't. You know, if, if your excuse for me for, for saying I shouldn't be telling people and I wasn't getting on somebody. They, I just posted a little video. This is what alcohol does. And this is what the Bible says. And next thing I got, somebody being smart aleck, saying, you know, should a, should a Christian eat sugar? Being smart aleck. And the answer is, not in excess. That's right. You don't want to keep doing it. Because your body is the temple of God. Have you not heard that? Temple of the Holy Ghost. Anyway, I'm going to quit talking because I'm going to get riled up. 
Um, That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Well, and I can only speak for me. I can only speak for me, and I can only speak for the people that I was around. But never once, when I was a drinker, when I drank, and I haven't touched alcohol in over three years. Um, now I left some in my house on purpose for a while because I wanted to see it. But it's not in my house. And I haven't touched alcohol in over three years. I haven't smoked in over three years. Um, and I saw, I'm not saying that to, to pat, my, pat myself on the back. I'm telling you, it can be done. If you just get out of the way and let the Lord work. Seek to be pleasing to God, not yourself and not your flesh. And that's what I, my whole point was. We will justify everything it is so that we can keep doing what we want to do. And we should never seek to do what we want to do. It should be, what does the Lord want me to do? And we're all guilty. I'm guilty. We all come short, but that's not an excuse to continue to waller in filth. So, anyway, like I said, I'm going to quit talking. Uh, I'm going to ask my brother, my dearly beloved brother Bubba, if he will dismiss us. Father Aaron, um, we're just so thankful to be here tonight, Lord, to hear your word. Father, we thank you for Richie and his willingness to study, Lord, to show himself approved unto your work. Shame the right to divide the word of truth, Lord. And we thank you tonight that you shared this with us, Lord. And we pray that we'll take it, Lord, and share it with others outside these doors, Lord. And we just pray that you'll be with us the rest of this evening, Lord. Strengthen us the rest of the week. Bring us back Sunday, Lord. And let us, Lord, be that 